Yeah. That's all. It's amazing how you can misconstrue misconstrue one for the other. I don't understand. What do you yeah. mean? <laughs> oh, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, John, they also <laughs> say... Oh, testing one, two, three. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Yeah, you know, my audio has What's been What's up, lacking. pal? I'm doing a podcast. I'm right in the middle of it. You okay? Can you hear me? Yeah, you're, on the, you're in a podcast here. I mean, I'm doing a podcast. You okay? All right, pal. Love you. Bye. All right. So that's my 32-year-old son. That's my son. So when he calls to this day, like I'm the trained one, right? I'm the parent. I shouldn't be jumping when he calls, right? Oh, of course, when I call him, it's like, yeah, I'll call you back later. You know, two days go by. I don't hear from him. His right. sister, forget about it. If I get it, well, no. She may uh, text me on Christmas. Uh, I may get a text, you know. Thanksgiving or something like that, you know. Listen, that's why when people say, how are your kids? I go, kids suck. Let's face it, you know, when they hit a certain age, it's a whole different thing. Well, this is the way I look at it. Okay. If I live long enough. And you will. I guess I, I hope that one day maybe I could live in, in one of their basements or something. I can't believe you just said that. mice. I can't believe you just said that because yesterday I was talking to my son. I, I have to say, we do talk like almost every day, which I like that. You know, not for an hour, two hours, but hey, what's up? What are you doing? You know, listen, I love it. I, so I said, listen, Nick, whatever house you're looking to buy, you got, just make sure it's got like a, a decent sized shed in the back because I'm going to be the old guy in a robe. That's right. going to be living in there. Running electrical line. Running electrical. You got right. a pool. I could always, you know, use the pool as a bathtub or something. So don't worry about it. I'll take care of everything. He goes, you know, Pop, that wouldn't be a bad idea. You know, you being living there. I'm like, you just made my day. Whether that happens or not, you just made my day. Right. One you of know? those garden sheds. That's all. You know, <laughs> that the Amish make. You know, the Amish are making sheds. Yeah, you know? yeah. Oh, yeah. Have you ever been to Amish country? Uh, in upper New York State. Okay. Whoa, so wow. there's more than one Amish. Oh, God, Jesus. Wow. Does every state have an Amish? Mm, I don't know. I, that I would have no idea. But a friend of mine that I flew, I flew from Jersey to um, Buffalo International. We rented a car and then drove to um, the spiritual community of, and I won't say the name, mm -hmm. but I think I in my book I referred to it as... I don't know, mm. Elm Ridge or something like that. I, I gave it a different name because... To protect the innocent. Uh, yeah, to protect me. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Um, anyway. You're innocent. Well, yeah. Sort of. Except, you know what? Some of the factions of that place uh, were a bit aggressive. And uh, anyway, mm. we went up there. I, I had the most incredible eight days of my life in a spiritual community taking a spiritual healing workshop. Did you, like, and take mushrooms and stuff? And no, no. Those no, toads? No. Everybody's licking those toads for uh, religious benefit? Toads? And, yeah, there's a toad that you lick. never lick a toad. John, never you say never. a garden toad, like a cement toad? A cement toad? I don't know. Like, you know, like, like a live toad. Oh, no, no. No, no. I, I, there's a lot of things I'll lick. A yeah. toad ain't one of them. <laughs> well, I, I know from watching Mike Tyson's podcast, because he's into oh, spirituality. Mike, 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 toad. Mike Toad. He doesn't lick toads, does he? No, he, yeah. So, yes, he does. 
and he, they go out to the uh, the desert, mm. and they find this toad, and they lick like the belly of the toad or the back of it. I'm not sure. And it releases some chemical that it's like some kind of mescaline trip or something. So for like five hours, you they think that they don't even know ayahuasca is probably is that what is ayahuasca? It's a uh, I'll call it a hallucinogenic. I think it, it ayahuasca is where you boil certain plants and you boil it and boil it and apparently I've watched all these videos on it and shamans yeah. make it all over the world. The shamans make it, and of, of course if you drink it first. There'll be a uh, a period of intense emesis. It'll it's like uh, Cascara Sagrada, you know the puke fest on Family Guy, where it oh, makes no. you throw up. Oh yeah. And the, the part that actually gets absorbed into you and acts on your central nervous system, yeah, it sends you into a different dimension. So you know Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. The quarterback yeah. for Green Bay Pack. He just said he did that experience. A lot of people do it. A lot of people do it. Yeah. I mean, he goes, I, I'm now able to love people because I can self-love myself or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, a lot of people describe it as as kind of like a gateway to uh, nirvana. You know? Really? Yeah, yeah. I think Joe Rogan does it. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, 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 yeah. But Joe Rogan's got all of these people that are lined up that that want to kind of get into his inner cabinet. And these people have access to that stuff, and they do it all the time. That's got to, like, burn, like, some brain cells, right? Uh, Who knows? I have no idea. I don't know. But uh, dimethyltryptoline, I think that's the name of the, the compound. DMT is dimethyltryptoline. Is naturally produced, I believe, in your pineal gland, I think, which is your third eye right here. Oh, okay. And um, there's certain things you can do to potentiate it, its production and release endogenously. That, in other words, inside you. Yeah. But, of course, if you take it exogenously, you just have kind of a mind-blowing trip that takes you. It, it, it apparently gives you the answers to the universe. What answers? Yeah, it, it, but the point is, it what questions? Uh, what do I, I need to know about the universe? Where's well, where am look, I going look, to work? Look at all of the people who are who are suffering in, intensely from uh, dysphoria. It's it's got the the cure and the answers to the dysphoric world we live in. Hmm. It, it so so maybe it gives you a larger perspective. You know that perspective that we talk about here on the Jersey Alchemist all the time? Like an expansion, John? Yeah, an expa- it, it expands your consciousness to let you know that the universe truly is within you and that you lack nothing. But being into this, born into this world, the world coerces us and brainwashes us into thinking that there isn't enough, we're not good enough, uh, the world is lacking. I am lacking. I want, I want, I want, I want. Isn't that what parents do? I mean, I don't need anybody to tell me that. I'm just, yeah. But it's Old school parents. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Always giving right. you a shot here or there. Uh, that's very interesting. I mean, there's, it seems like there's a lot of people that, how about edibles? You know, that's a big thing now, edibles. cannabis edibles? Yeah. A lot of people are doing that. I know my friends, they're, they're now. Well, it's not illegal in Jersey anymore. Yeah, right. So like we're in our 60s. So my friends that are in their 60s, like all of a sudden they're, they're going on dates and doing uh, edibles. I'm like, who are you? Like, what do you mean you're doing edibles? 
They say they like it. It's a different you know? world, brother. But yeah. Listen, listen, when we were in high school, there was that group that was never without a joint in their mouth. Oh, yeah. Right? yeah. No name's name. No, 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 no. For no. any particular reason, I just, and for me, uh, I envied anybody who could suck down a spliff or do edibles uh, because it just happens to make me very dysphoric. Uh, it makes me sick. Hmm. Unfortunately for me, it does. It makes me sick. What, doing edibles. Cannabis or just makes cannabis. me sick. I mean, listen, I was never a big drug guy. I mean, you know, a couple of Alcohol is the only, I guess, because I consider alcohol a drug as well. Yeah. That's the only drug I ever really partook in. Yeah. And I'm so goofy as it is that I actually didn't need a lot of alcohol to right. get goofier. Right. Or more relaxed or anything like that so well the interesting the interesting thing is that the the drugs that have been vilified and some for all the right reasons because they can lead you down a rat hole cocaine will lead people down a rat hole uh, generally cocaine is not known to uh, bring about or cause cancer neither is cannabis there's a lot of evidence that cannabis cures many diseases including some cancers is that true, John? Do you think that? I think it's true. Yeah. Wow. I, I had a friend who um, worked in this very institution that we're sitting in, hmm. and uh, she had stage four metastatic breast cancer, and she used to process and make her own cannabis oil legally because it was medicinal cannabis. Hmm. And when she would back off of it, her tumor markers would rise and the tumors would grow on, on radiologic scans. And wow. when she went back to it and hit it hard, the tumor markers would, would go into a nadir where they would, they would go lower, mm. and the tumors that were visualized on radiographic study would shrink. Wow. Amazing. Amazing. And our oncologists, you know, the mainstream media, mainstream healthcare, yeah. they gave her six months to live when they diagnosed her, and she lived three years, mm. three and a half years. So she proved them wrong. Wow. Yeah. There's always that saying, John, what would you do if somebody gave you that diagnosis? Six months, one, three one months. In, one, every other person is going to, at some point, have, God forbid, cancer. Mm. And I'm 1,000%, 1,000% sure that the cure for cancer exists. Yeah, I, I believe so. I completely believe that. Now, if there's anybody watching this that's a nurse or a doctor or... You're an Uber driver, and you just think that's a load of shit. And you're rolling your eyes and going, oh, this guy's so full of shit. Okay. Okay. Mark my words. There's a cure for cancer. And why do I even suspect that? Because there are factions in this world that are at least 50 years ahead of the rest of us. And that's how they want to keep it. You know, why does a guy like David Rockefeller live to be, what did he, he died at what, 101 or something? Some ridiculous or, And he number. had like two or three heart transplants. God forbid the poor people that donated their hearts, God only knows what happened to them, mm -hmm. to that little fucking weasel. Ooh, I thought I'd get through this episode without the F-bomb. Mm. That really wasn't an F-bomb. No, just, no, it was that almost was like an adjective. That was just a little... Uh, you were just, that was a cap gun. F, you, F were just, cap. you were trying to embellish or describe the actual weasel. Yeah, yeah but so how do, you, how do you get a ruling 
world evil little poisonous tree toad like David Rockefeller. That was impressive. And he lives to be 101, and he's on his like third heart transplant, but the guy never had cancer. Mm. Really? Did he never have cancer? Or did his cancer get cured over and over and over again? You know, there's something to be said about the elite, John, and their, um, their lack of fear of disease. I mean, let's look what we went through recently with the pandemic. I mean, there were people in the elite involved with politics that were definitely in that danger zone of being in their 80s. And, yeah, you know, and they were seen to skate right through it. But right? they were running. They were seen with pictures, video. I saw the video myself yeah. out shopping, out getting their hair done, oh, yeah. out at the restaurants. Oh, sure. No mask. Who was it? Was it the governor of california or he was, was the, he was the, one of them was the mayor of san francisco one of those california creepos yeah was no. out there when everybody was locked down he yeah. and his family were out at a restaurant and nobody had masks on yeah the, the, that was the governor but also there were uh two uh senator and two congresswomen yeah. that uh were in that age group you know, where you think, oh, they're going to be careful because everybody in nursing homes were, were passing away. There was a TV. And they were medical fearless. Correspondent, medical pundit expert for one of the network television shows. I don't want to say her name. I would say it, but I don't want to get the name wrong. Mm, okay. Right? Wrong. And it was during the Ebola scare where all of us in the hospital were, were being indoctrinated in, you know, hazmat suits and responding. We had to take the course and, mm. you know, the nurses that were responsible with the infectious disease, control people, had scoreboards, and they were, you know, marching us through these this little hallway. We had a pediatric ward, and it was called... Um, uh, I don't know. B... B, peds B, it was peds H, H1, H2, B1, whatever. And and during the Ebola scare, which I think was, was it around 2015? Early 2015. Was it that recent? No, no, maybe it was, maybe it was 2009. I think something. it was, yeah, a little Who closer. They, they took over that ward and we used to call it the, you know, the Ebola ward, mm. you know, because that's what it was. And, and while the, while the entire country was locked down, because of this Ebola scare, um, this medical talking head from one of the networks was filmed going to a fast food restaurant. Wow. Going to a fast food restaurant. It's like, well, what do you know that the rest of us don't? I don't know. Right? The whole thing is one big fucking hoax. Yeah, that's something. Yeah. If I heard correct, John, you know, I, I listen to so many podcasts like you and radio shows. There was a, a, a researcher on a show recently, and he said that the COVID virus, there was a 1% mortality. Careful, you might be perpetrating egregious medical misinformation. Okay, so... And you'll put humanity in peril. Yeah, all right. Well, yeah, there's nothing really that's going to make it perilous. Uh, all I did was quote Bill Gates. Yeah, yeah. On a YouTube video, and we got tanked. So... So he's, they were talking about that this recent virus, there was a 1% worldwide mortality rate. 1% of the people that it affected or something 1%? like that. 1%? One, one, just one. Well, that's higher than the original C19. 
Yeah. So now they say there's a virus because mm-hmm. there was also a lockdown across the other side of the world where they had the original lockdown. Let's not even say the country's name because that could be a problem. That the virus that if it is what they think they're working on, it's a 60% mortality rate. That's how powerful. Now, why do these people, my point being, why do these people continue to work or create these viruses? Because they want your ass dead. That's why. Uh, well, that would seem like right. what's and going you, on. And you would think that long before this ever hits the alternative media or the mainstream media, long before the virus is out there, uh, these people are probably already vaccinated in a way that the rest of us are not. You know, it's kind of like, you know, the elite have their their own stashes of food. They've got their own organic farms. The elites are not eating uh, glyphosate-laden vegetables. They're not. Mm. They're not eating uh, cow or chicken or pork laden with all sorts of hormones and chemicals that will bring about. They get special food? Of course they do. Sons of, course of they bitches. Do. Of course they do. Yeah. Yeah. Would you ever? You know, one time I, you know, I was in a liquor store and I saw, you know, this expensive, like you know, hundred and ten dollar bottle of some kind of Bordeaux or whatever, and it said, it's a Chateau Rothschild. Mm-hmm. So I got on my smartphone and I looked it up, and sure enough, it was from a vineyard in in France, and the Rothschild family, the same characters that own the central banking system. Mm-hmm. They own the vineyards, and I thought, I wouldn't drink this stuff. If somebody paid me $1,000, I wouldn't drink their wine. Mm. just wouldn't. Wow. John, now, that's a, another interesting story about wine. You mm. know, I mean, are you a wine connoisseur? Uh, well, you know, Used to be? I'm, I, I would prefer to say I'm a wine aficionado. Okay. I can't call myself a connoisseur. I'm certainly not an expert, but I am an aficionado. Okay. I, I just, I like wine. I know um, a good amount about wine, but I'm not an expert. I'm going to say something sacrilegious for, from our people. Mm-hmm. I enjoy a French wine better than an Italian wine. Mm. For all you Italians out there, please, my, my grandparents aren't around. We used, to, we used to make wine in the basement in Newark. Sure. But, uh, yeah, I enjoy a French wine. just right. seems smoother. Well, um, I guess then that would provoke a couple of questions. Um, what kind of French wine are you talking about, white or red, and what kind of red? Oh, it's red, yeah. Yeah, yeah. right. Is it, is it a Cabernet? Is it a Bordeaux? Is it some kind of you know red French table wine? Mm. Uh, and what kind? And how do you stack it up against the Italian wines? Because um, if you've ever had a good Brunello di Montalcino, it's a lot of vowels. Or, or a great Barolo, it's unbeatable. Unbeatable. But yeah. in my opinion, the uh, the Brunello di Montalcino that is exported from Italy. Who is that? Is that you? It's it's my phone. Sorry, even though it's on silent. It's that's still, like that's like still, a nine one one. Still beckons. It text. Still beckons, and I don't care. You sure that's not I'm an emergency? Also, I don't give a yeah, shit. Amen, brother. So, uh, okay. Yeah, so the Italians export 
what I would consider probably like not the swill, but they hold back the premium stuff for themselves. It's a lot like, um, you know, uh, balsamic vinegar? Sure. Well, balsamic vinegar has its origins in the area of Modena, mm -hmm. which is also was where it's where Luciano Pavarotti was from, Mod Modena or Modena or Modena. I think that's how you pronounce it. And... Uh, you know, I have saw videos and read articles on that stuff, and uh, we have no idea what the good stuff is. Hmm. Because we're the idiots, we're the Mitagon idiots from across the Atlantic Ocean, and they don't export their good stuff. They keep it, they hold it back for themselves. So, and and the Brunellos, by the way. Yes. I, I live next door to Brunellos. That's a joke. Uh, they, uh, they, it's highly variable. It really is. You can buy a Brunella for $120 a bottle, Ming. and it is piss. You buy a Brunello on sale at the local liquor store for $35, and it's unbeatable heavenly. See, this is what I'm talking about, John, because there's always that people laugh and joke, you know, when yeah. somebody comes to a, 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 over your house, they say, hey, guess how much this bottle costs? I mean, we're going to enjoy this. It's right. 200 it's 150 it's 300 whatever it is. I've been out to restaurants where my boss is like, yeah, 500 I don't care. Just send it. And, I mean, they taste good. Yeah. But they always say, if I put that a glass of that wine mm -hmm. next to a glass like you're talking about, the mm -hmm. $25, $35, $15 dollar bottle, they, they're saying, like, you couldn't be able to tell right. the difference. Like, right. some people might say, oh, this one's much better. I mean, is that really true? For me, it's true. See, you know, well, one of the most consistent, I'll say, I'll talk about two consistent bottles of red wine. Uh, on the French side, there is a Cote du Rhone, and um, there's some years that are better than others. I guess it depends on all of those factors that go into the end product, you know, the weather, the moisture, the sure. sun, the this, the, how much sugar's in the grape, all of that stuff. So Cote de Rhone is a very consistent, really great French red that goes with just about everything. And um, I think when I started drinking Cote de Rhone, which was back around the turn of the century, around the year 2000. Interesting. I think it was like a $10 bottle of wine. Maybe Cote de Rhone now is like $15 because of, because of COVID. Mm. Uh, but then on the Italian side, there are some terrific Chiantis. That are, you know, $15 a bottle, and they're fabulous. And there's there's one wine that's always good. It's the Opici. You know, that's that little teardrop bottle that's in the wicker basket. Oh, really? Most people, most people think that's a joke. It's yeah. It's kind of a garbage party wine. No, it's not. It's pretty damn good. And I've no never kidding. opened one of those. Hey, I had, I had... A string of those bottles hanging from my windows in my kitchen oh, because wow. they were so decorative. Yeah, and uh, I used to drink that, you know, uh, preferentially over the other ones. And wow. I think it was ten dollars a bottle, hmm. seven hundred and fifty mLs, the same volume. Oh, yeah. It was good. It was good. What was that big bottle at Gallo? It was like a big, thick. Oh, you mean the big, the big gallons? Yeah, well, a gallon know, a, a Gallo. Lot the, a lot of the cheaper. Vo volume wines. Yeah. Like my grandfather used to drink CK Fortissimo, and it had kind of a 
a thumb ring all yeah, across yeah, the glass, yeah, yeah, yeah. and he would put his finger in it and throw it over his yeah, shoulder. shoulder. Okay, Grandpa, great. Hey, let me try some of that. Yeah. yeah. Terrible. But you, he drank a gallon a day toward the end of his life. John, do you know where the oldest winery in the United States is? And you know I wouldn't ask a question unless I knew the answer. I have no idea, but remind me to tell you something about French vineyards. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. It's Brotherhood really? Winery in Washingtonville, New York. Really? The, the United States' it, oldest Now, is, winery. Bro is Brotherhood a monastery? No. No, no, no. no. It, yeah, it'd be a great guess, yeah. No, it's up. He, the Brotherhood, some rich guy owned all the land. Mm. They just redid his mansion. I mean, the mansion, it's a great story because they give you a tour if you go up there. And the mansion, like, was built in, like, 1800s, yeah. 19. There was an indoor pool. Wow. I mean, are you kidding me? That's how much money this guy had? Wow. But I think he came from France or something. Yeah. And uh, all the vineyards. And they give you a tour. The, the, um, the wine... What do they call them? Oh, they keep them in the barrels. Yeah. They're massive. Yeah. They're like 10 feet tall. Wow. You're walking through this basement, and they're so right. over 100, 200 years old. Right. It was amazing. And now somebody from out of the country owns it. I think a gentleman from uh, Brazil. But he's putting all kinds of money into it, and now it's like a little restaurant up there. It, if you're in Washingtonville, New York, right. it's really a great, uh, wow. a great trip. Cool. Yeah. Right. yeah. Well, for beer... Yingling is the world's oldest uh, brewery. Not the world, United States. Yingling is the Yingling is in, front, oh, in I Pennsylvania. Love, I love Yingling on tap. I, I love frozen mug. That's my favorite. Ooh. Very. That's my favorite beer. Yeah. yeah, it's fabulous. What about vineyards in France? Well, one thing I can't I can't get my head around yeah. is the volume of wine that's produced. Never mind what's consumed, but what's produced. Like they'll say, you know, the average yearly export of wine, Italy or France, it's like <laughs> 23 million liters or something. And it's I'm a thinking, lot of wine. I'm thinking, how many grapes is that? How many wow. vineyards grow those grapes? Like where does all of that liquid come from? That's just so much. It's mind-blowing. Wow. But uh, as much as the French want to be snobby about their wine, eh? Uh, there was, I believe in the 1700s, I don't know exactly the year, I'm going to guess sometime around the 1750s, there was a fungus. Among us. Among us <laughs> that got into the roots of all of the vineyards wow. in France. And it killed, apparently... Every last vine in every vineyard in France. Wow. Guess what the French did, huh? They had to go to the idiot Americans. Mm. And they had to take cuttings from American grapevines and import them back to France and cultivate them and slowly grow Vineyard after vineyard after vineyard. Wow. So I didn't make that story up. Look it up, gang. Yeah. If you're a wine aficionado or if you hate wine but you think it's an interesting story, just double check me on that because I know that that story is apparently true. I've read that story in, uh, I think it's, what, there's a, some big trade 
industry magazine. Is it Wine Spectator or something or whatever? Kind of like Cigar Aficionado, but oh, for yeah, wines. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. So everybody in the industry in the industry knows that story that every single French vineyard is lineage from American grapes. Ooh, they won't like that story over Isn't there. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, That's that not is not. That's the truth. Yeah. What about uh, Napa Valley as far as California wines, as far as Well, you know, I always compare, wanted to go to, to Napa, to uh, wine country, and I had you and me both. lots of friends that they go every year. They go to their favorite hotel and they're friends mm. with the people that work the hotel. And they tell me all the stories about, you know, there's all these fabulous restaurants, but it's a big mistake because you're going to want to make, you know, reservations at your favorite restaurant, but then you're going to do a bike tour and you're going to go through like three different vineyards and it'll take you all day. And by the time you're done, you drank wine all day and you've had finger food and you're sampling this cheese and that cheese mm. and these grapes. And by the time six o'clock, seven o'clock rolls around, you're done. You can't put another glass of wine to your mouth and you don't want to eat any food because it's up to here. Interesting. So I had all of those stories. I had the books, the magazines ready to go. But, you know, it's just one of those things that didn't happen. Yeah. Then I become aware of, and it's got to be at least 15 years ago, that every single California wine tested for glyphosate mm. is positive. There's glyphosate in every single California wine. Wow. That's, that's a disaster. That's a travesty. Now, why do I say that? Because I've been telling people on social media for a long time, for way, way more than 10 years, so somewhere between 10 and 15 years, that glyphosate is this pesticide that made by Monsanto it's sprayed all over fruits and vegetables, and it's in all of the wine we drink. It's even in the beer we drink because of the hops that are grown. And it's causing cancer. And, of course, I was called a conspiracy theorist and a tinfoil hat wearer. And, oh, yeah, there goes, you know, Dr. Gallucci thinks he knows what he's talking about. <laughs> And then it's, well, you know, if you drink anything else, you know, alcohol causes cancer too, you know, you jerk. I know that. But people still drink. People still smoke. Um, people still overeat. But the point is, if you're going to drink a product like wine, why does there have to automatically come with that glass of wine or that bottle of wine a chemical that is known to cause cancer. It's like every God F bomb number two. I I, aver I averted it. I averted very nice. it. I very nice. Coming and I steered away. That's muscle right? memory. Muscle, muscle control. Memory. That's very right. Good. But every uh, every coffee outlet, all of the coffee venues, I won't say their names. For years and years, forever and ever, amen, including the fast food places, you'd get a hot cup of coffee in a styrofoam cup. Disgraceful. And for years, styrofoam was suspected of causing cancer. In the words of Inspector Clouseau, not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. Inspector Polystyrene, Clouseau. which is good old-fashioned styrofoam, causes cancer. 
And in one of the hospitals I used to work at, it took me over three years to get the powers that be to listen to me to get the coffee cups switched from styrofoam to paper hot cups. Wow. And paper hot cups weren't hot cups. They still burn the crap out of your fingers, but then they give you the little, the little sleeves. Yeah. Or you take two cups, big shit. But styrofoam? Eh. And especially, it's really, really bad for tea drinkers, because tea drinkers, tea is acidic, and then they put a little piece of lemon in their tea, and now it's doubly acidic. Take notice to the inside of that cup, the rim, where the meniscus level is, mm -hmm. is all eaten away and degraded by the tea. And guess where that's going? Into your bod. In your and belly. Guess what's happening? It's going to give you cancer. Ay, Right. Hey, so crazy. So do we wonder why? Cancer is in every other person now. Those wow. are the statistics. In 2022, oh, sure, the medical and pharmaceutical industry, they're so, so, so on it. They're so, the science is so settled that now, as opposed to cancer one in four when I was in med school, now it's one in every other people. Mm. Every other person on the planet's going to get cancer. Mm. Maybe unless you're living in the mountains of the island of St. Vincent's. I believe in that, living in the mountains. Yeah, I have my Puerto Rican friends, John. Whoa. Their, their grandparents live in Puerto Rico in the mountains, and they live to be 110, 112. Pretty amazing. I believe. Yeah. I yeah, believe. Yeah. yeah. John, if you had to alchemize this fun episode, and I did enjoy it. We went all over the world, really. Okay. I know how to alchemize this. Uh oh Because th this is kind of... Reaching kind for of the phone. Well, kind of organically organically realized, but you know something? My sister's favorite oh. Bible verse. Okay. God bless my sister who resides in the angelic realm. Yes, she does. That's not a figment of my fantasy-driven imagination. No, no, no. I've been told that by several spot-on kick-ass mediums, and yes, my life is full of those people. Anyway, my sister residing in the angelic realm. Okay. And by the way, when my sister was on this planet, her entire life was all about disappointment. Disappointment and um, being held off. Anything my sister desired, she didn't have. And the only thing my sister really desired was for a man to love her, to marry her, and for her to become a mother. That was it. She wasn't somebody who wanted to be a physician or a lawyer. No. She just wanted to be a wife and a mom. But she was denied that. She's a great right. girl. She came, she came and went in uh, 31 years. And she came from the angelic realm, and the angelic realm is where she went back to. But in the memory and the spirit of my sister, Fran Gallucci, I will alchemize this episode with the Psalm of David, Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, a Psalm of David. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. 
You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies, and you anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen, Franny. Hmm. I love you. That's for humanity. We can alchemize every day of our life with that Bible verse, Psalm 23, a Psalm of David. Uh, thank you for that. And Phil, mm, great job. A great episode. Oh, thank you, John. It was a pleasure. If you like what we're doing with people on the Jersey Alchemist, please press like, follow. Subscribe, people. And you know something? Tell your friends. Tell your relatives. Don't, tell your neighbors. Don't lay down. Tell your teacher in school. Say, hey, Mr. Jones. Watch, watch my friend John and Phil and Bones. Watch them on YouTube or Rumble or listen to them on Spotify. We're ready. Come on. Amazon Music. Why? Yeah. Because they're going to tell humanity how to clean things up. There you go. All right, guys. God bless. See you next time on the Jersey Alchemist. Next time. Peace.